Chiefs can only mean one thing, Vanders. It is time for On the Outside. Marcus Taylor is with you. Harry Vanderwood with us as well. Tails, welcome. A huge week in sport. Uh, I'm quite tired, to be honest. There's been a lot going on, a lot of emotions mm. throwing around. Obviously, Barty Party was the uh, is the big news. Uh, yes. how, how are you going with it? Right? Oh, look, it's been exhausting, hasn't it? I mean, because the Olympics is right around the corner. So we've had this, it's, it's always the same about this time though, isn't it? Middle of July, when you get the tour and Wimbledon, usually there's some English test cricket mixed in there as well. So it's always a very busy time for us. Certainly, I've certainly had a few conversations with people just saying, oh, you know, I watched the first bit of the tour and then I'm like, oh, I'll just stay up another hour. And then all of a sudden it's 2 a.m. <laughs> and, and they can't do their job the next day. So uh, yeah, like a busy, busy time in July. It certainly has been, vendors. I feel like officers should actually take this into account. Like, come July, they should, like, if you, you should tick on your thing, whether on your employer little register or whatever, that you're a sports fan. And so they know that in July, they'll be like, all right, we'll take the pressure off. We're not going to put as much on them during this time. Sort of a disclaimer that performances will be low come July. 100%. Mm. 100%. Uh, Vanders, of course, uh, there is a lot of, or there has been a lot of sport on. There is a lot of sport to come up. Uh, we've got the Olympics just around the corner as well. But remiss of us to mention probably the biggest sporting event of the last um, you know, week, week or two, uh, one that certainly kept you and I up, one that we've been 100% locked in on this entire time, and that would be our Australia, the Australian men's teams T20 series against the West Indies in the West Indies. Uh, have you ever missed a ball? I I haven't watched a ball. I've kept abreast of it over the uh, abreast. You've uh, kept abreast. But uh, the T Twenty is look. It's not my favourite form of the game. And over oh, in the West Indies, preparation don't for try and claim because you're a purist. That's morally why you're not superior. Watching. Morally superior. No, look, I didn't watch it. But Australia got pretty much well and truly pumped. Uh, I think four one was the series in, in quite quick succession and. To be honest, I did not know any of those West Indies players or many at all, um, and they absolutely destroyed Australia. Well, the player of the series was a player called Hayden Walsh. Have you ever heard of Hayden Walsh? No. I, I assume – is he a son of? Well, he is a bowler of Anders, and he, is, uh, he has got a little listing here on Creek Info for a dad, ACH Walsh. Let me just, just click here, see if it – no, Albert, oh. Albert Costain Hayden Walsh. So not, not the son of, but well, still uh, – have to a lock in a name. relation, though. Have to lock in a relation, no doubt. Exactly, exactly. But you're right. We did absolutely get pumped, destroyed by players who aren't necessarily that famous. Like Chris Gale didn't even open the batting half the time. So, just on Chris Gale. Had, How old did he look? He's got a grey beard now. He must be like 50 he's years old. He's in his old. 40s. He's in his 40s, isn't he? 40, 41, I want to say. Some more great researching from you. <laughs> But he is in his forties, and but this is this is the thing about, and we're we're the only people that are going to spend the next two minutes talking about this. Mm. This is the thing about our T Twenty team. Well, our T Twenty team is bad; it's always been bad, and we've showed no signs of improving. And even just to go over the West Indies with all these, you know, players like Josh Felipe and all this sort of stuff that uh, that we believe is going to be the future of T Twenty cricket. And you know, the worst thing for T Twenty cricket in this country, the Big Bash. Big Bash is not an international standard competition. Put it this way. It's realistic that you and I might have played Big Bash. I, That's uh, the problem with it. I, it's a substandard competition and not a proving ground for international cricket, and we shouldn't pick players based on Big Bash form. Well, 
before we, I, I can't agree with you about us playing Big Bash, but I appreciate we the might sentiment. Have. We genuinely might have. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to. I have to leave you with that one because I'm just not sure that I agree. But yes, pretty poor. At, uh, pretty poor. T twenty uh, over the West Indies got absolutely pumped. So the T twenty World Cup coming up, I'm sure we will struggle to get through the group stage. Bendis, the biggest news in Australian sport this week, unfortunately, hasn't been on the field, despite the fact that Ash Barty won Wimbledon, which we'll probably chat about a little bit later on. But Liz Cambage pulling out of the Olympics and the inevitable conversation that follows whenever she does something like this, because we, we all knew, regardless, of, like, if she had a hamstring injury or something like that or did her knee, the conversation would still be exactly the same. It's fascinating the way this happens every time. Yeah, she's a uh, she's a player that certainly just sort of gathers controversy uh, around her all the time and off the field as well. But yeah, there were certainly some rumours flying about um, that she was MIA. No one could find her in Las Vegas, and then and she pulled out. She addressed those rumours, saying that they were just sort of ridiculous rumours, and that the fact is that she's um, been struggling with her mental health and the stress of going into a, a sort of a bubble at the Olympics was just not going to be for her. So she's. She's pulled out and hopefully, I mean, seems like hopefully we've learned our lessons from perhaps Naomi Osaka type, uh, type vibes. But it is interesting that two, two huge um, basketballers from the, both the men's and women's have, have sort of pulled out pulled out of the Olympics um, for Australia. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It, it, it is absolutely huge. And you're right. They are the two players, the two best players, and they are stars in their own sport. Now, Ben Simmons is probably less of a star than Liz Cambage. She's probably top three. Yeah, on her day, she'd be top three player in the in the WNBA. Like she can be that destructive. So you're right. It is incredibly interesting that it's the two star players that have decided to pull out. Now I wonder if that's I, I do wonder if there's something like in the NBA set, or sorry, the team USA setups. There's sort of more of a an acknowledgement that these are world class, highly paid professionals and you don't need to be the the sort of, you know team environments and make sure you're on time for meetings and all that crap. Whereas I wonder in Australia, because we're still obsessed with that idea of our little Australian team and punching above our weight and, and all that sort of stuff and, and being together, whether or not that, you know, that creates a real sort of structured vibe that these players that who aren't used to operating in that can't deal with. Yeah. It seems to me, and I read a few articles during the week that sort of say that, you know, the U S really celebrates, um, the differences of of a converge off the off the field, but Australia tends to to find it um, distracting, and we don't we don't enjoy it mm. as much. So that's sort of an interesting. We don't aspect. like individuals. It's it's so weird. We don't like individuals, do we? No. In team sport, it's a Not very Eastern European vibe we've got going on. <laughs> yes, very true. Everyone toe the line. Do you think we're going to see more? Not necessarily basketballs, but more Olympians pull out for this reason. What do you think we've run it so close at this point that they're just going to do it? Well, another factor in that is there's already been a case inside the uh, Olympic Village mm. of COVID. So, yeah. I mean, I think this next the next week or so is going to be who knows what's going to happen as far as the Olympics. To be completely honest, so um, you know, I think with with the new Delta strain that people were talking about, then 
you know, there's a higher chance for, for young, fit individuals to have issues. So, uh, you know, it's, it's already not going to be the Olympics that people want it to be. So maybe that'll, that'll persuade people to, to, to pull out at a late stage. Do you think, A, that it should still go ahead and B, that it will still go ahead? And I'll just put on the should it go ahead. Some, I read this sentence the other day and I apologise to whoever it is. I know you're listening. Uh, apologise for ripping it off to you or ripping it off from you. That it sounds really, like, objectively, you're bringing together people from all over the globe to, a, to one country that has issues during a pandemic and then sending them all back. Is that not the single worst thing you could do in a pandemic? So do you think it should still go ahead at this late stage and do you think it will still go ahead at this stage? I don't know the answer to the first one. I'm not gonna not gonna dip my toe in the water, but I think it depends. You know, if they have a lot of cases in the Olympic Village over the next few days, then I would say no. Um, but I don't see that happening because they've put so much effort mm. into it, and it's just I think that they'll find a way. Um, and everyone's been vaccinated as well, I think. Mm. So I think they'll probably find a way to proceed with that. But yeah, look, it's it's gonna be interesting in the in the weeks months that follow the olympics and, and to see what what happens as far as spread because a lot of people aren't vaccinated so the athletes can still carry the uh the disease back home so i just wanted to touch on something that uh that happened yesterday in the AFL mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. there's got a few people talking and I'm just not sure why it's stirred these sort of things up, but obviously the Melbourne Hawthorne draw um, yes. uh, occurred yesterday and it's just raised a few articles. People are talking in the media about, you know, we, we should scrap the draw. There shouldn't be a draw. And I think that's crap, to be honest. I think that, you yeah. know, draws are drawn. Yeah. You don't have one in finals time. Obviously you find a way to find a winner, but a draw during the mid season, that's just how it is. And that's, that's what sport is. So what's why are they saying these things? What's the beat up? I don't understand this at all because I, there's nothing, I'm not saying it's incredibly thrilling, but you want close games. And when people are trying to, uh, you know, avoid a draw or whatever, you know, or win a game, lose a game, all that sort of stuff, it's, it's entertaining. Like, I just don't understand the problem with the draw. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, why Why have you got this insane need inside of you to have a winner from a Melbourne Hawthorne game? So what? They drew. That's it. Like, I, I just don't understand why you need to have a winner. No, I think it's it's annoying for the teams involved who both should feel like they should have been able to get across the line. But that's just sport. There's draws in, in, in most sports, you know. And there's, I don't, you know, I just don't see the need for change. So I think it's probably some, some Hawks and Melbourne's fans just, beating it up at this stage. But yeah, I don't see the it's not the AFL's not going to take away the draw. Well, you say that. Who knows? Who knows? But I did find it very interesting. So this discussion actually happened 24 hours before the Melbourne Hawthorne game because for some bizarre reason, and I, I cannot work this out, but they put it in the pregame on the on Channel 7's AFL coverage. They asked a question, they have this on the uh, whatever it is, the Telstra countdown they have this little segment called The Skipper and the Scoop. It's Tom Brown and Wayne Carey uh, debating issues of the week. And the second issue they had was, oh, should we have penalties in the case of a draw? And by, interestingly, both Tom Brown and Wayne Carey agreed that, yeah, actually, we should do that. And then the third host, James, uh, James Brasher, was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be a great result. And I couldn't believe it. 
But nobody's ever suggested this before. And those three guys were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Yeah, well, I'd just line people up from, you know, from 40 out, have them have shots of goal. What a horrible, horrible way to win the game. Surely yeah. they cannot do that. It would take away all the flow and energy from the game. So, so yeah, no, oh. that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Before we get into our hot takes for this week, I want to review last week as per see how we both got them wrong, which seems to be coming pretty uh, pretty consistent. Ooh, did did I get mine wrong? You did. You got yours wrong. Mine mm. was that it would come home. England would win the Euros. Devastatingly, that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, broke a lot of heart. It actually came to Rome. It's coming Rome. So uh, look, that was. I mean, nice. at least that was nice, just for the, that sort of little punny. You know, yeah, that was a nice little bit of wordplay. Some nice rhymes. Um, so, and what was your story? Uh, mine was that uh, Jamara would uh, would have five touches or less on debut, and I, I was looking good. I reckon at mm. halftime, I reckon he had three, and I thought, you know what? I reckon I'm on here. Your chance. I'm genuinely on here. Sydney were playing so well, a dominant Sydney team, flag favourites apparently. So I heard earlier in the week. Look out! And I genuinely thought I was going to win, but unfortunately, ended up having seven touches. And I didn't think he'd play this week, but he played uh, on Saturday. And That's a pretty good well. effort. You don't get it, but it's pretty good. It's it's good for me. Mm. Close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what do you have for me this week? What's up? What's next? I have I have a horrible one. I have some bad news for the people Love of it. Australia. If this hot take comes true, I bel- I am going to say there is not going to be nine AFL matches played in the next round. Oh, I like that. That's spicy. Yeah. That's spicy. I have no inside info. No inside info. I'm just saying I don't think it'll happen. Well, you're on the outside. That's the... Uh, we are on the outside, exactly. No what idea what's going on. Um, I just wanted to heap on West Coast pain. I reckon they'll go down to mm. Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide. West Coast will lose to Adelaide at home. Um, I know, look, let's put a score in there. Let's be... Uh, I'd say 25, mm, okay. plus. 25 plus. Adelaide will beat them. 25 plus. Yep. I don't mind that. I like that. What's the scoreboard check at the moment? Is it year three, two? No, it's two all. Two all. Two all. The oh, no, draw. no, sorry. Are we going two. to penalties? Extra three, time? It's three two. Sorry, I haven't updated my scoreboard. Yeah, three two. I'm up. No penalties. You got anything oh, else? Well, I'm sure else? the AFL, AFL media will be happy to uh, to know that I'll be leveling that one soon. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for you, Vanders. I think we've got uh, hopefully an Olympics episode coming up uh, in the next week. Yes. Yep. Sounds Fingers good. Fingers crossed. I, I am working uh, approximately 127 hours through the. Uh, oh, here we go. Through the Olympics, so well, there'll be I some, don't know. some shoddy editing coming up for the podcast. Then, if I'm in charge of that, brace yourselves. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap, Tales. See you, Bandits. <laughs>